Hi, and welcome back to the final episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This is such a weird episode for me because 20 episodes, like I've literally just been so up and down with this podcast, but it has meant so much to me to make it what it is now. And I'm honestly so proud of season one. I couldn't have, yeah, I couldn't have wished for anything better from myself. I know I gave it my all, even though it felt like it took forever, but I'm super proud of it. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you to you for listening, even if it was for one episode or one minute of the podcast. Any part of your time is honestly so appreciated. And I know I've learned so much from season one, and I hope that you have too, whether it's from one of my guests or a lesson I've learned or something I've passed on. I hope that you got something out of this because I know I got a whole bunch. So this episode is all about how to find the balls to start or do something you've always wanted. The Millennial, the Millennial Me. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. Season one obviously taught me a lot. I went from working a nine to five, what people would call a dream job, to quitting it and taking off on my own to South America, which is considered such a dangerous place, although I haven't experienced that side of it, thankfully. All I've experienced is beautiful people, amazing culture, and really great food. That's a huge kind of leap to happen in two years. So what I wanted to share with you today is five lessons I guess the podcast has taught me about going after what you want, even if you think that is unrealistic. I hope if you've listened from episode one, you would see my kind of mindset change into the impossible actually being possible. And one thing I really wanted to do with the podcast is to take who I was at the beginning, who was someone that would never have believed that this is what I could do, take other people through that same process who, yeah, because I know there's so many of us who think that things that seem impossible only happen to certain people. But if if going through this prod- podcast and interviewing these people was anything, it taught me that you can literally do whatever you want. Not saying it's easy, but you can. So let's jump straight into the first lesson Uh, The first way for you to find the balls to start or do something you've always wanted. And the first mindset that you need to adapt is that you're never too old. And I know that's such a cliche, but it's so true and I will tell you why. Perspective is everything. And I know at the age of 22, 23, I thought my life was over. I thought it was set. I thought... I had to do what I had been working my whole life to do, which was be in some kind of a business environment. I wasn't a creative person. I was supposed to do what everyone else did. 
And through this podcast, I realized that 22 is so fucking young. 25 is so young. 30 is so young. And it's all about your perspective and outlook on things. With the generations before us, retirement was the goal. You wanted to retire early. You wanted to work hard to retire early. These days, you can evolve your career so much that the goal isn't really retirement. The goal should be to live your life. And because of that, like I said, you're never too old. So if you're feeling as though it's too late or you're too old, you're probably comparing yourself to the wrong people. You're surrounding yourself in around people who help feed that mindset that you have. You're following people that make you feel that way. And sometimes you need to be super blunt and surround yourself with new people or unfollow a whole bunch of accounts and follow a whole bunch more. You'll realize, like myself, that I'm now 25 and I feel like I'm younger than I was at 22, if that makes sense. So, you're the youngest you will ever be right now. So you may as well try now, then push it along a lot further and then have to try then. What I wanted to do is talk about a few people now who started their careers and became super successful a lot later in life. And the first person I want to talk about is kind of became a viral internet sensation. I don't know if he was a meme. I'm really bad with meme culture. But I'm talking about Bob Ross, everyone's favorite painting instructor. This was super interesting for me to like research because Bob Ross spent the first 20 years of his working life in the US Air Force, which is pretty fucking insane, right? When he retired from the Air Force, he began to teach himself to paint. And from that, started uploading videos teaching us how to paint. And at the age of 41, he started to slowly build up his career as an online painting teacher, which is pretty freaking crazy because literally I'm not in like the arts at all, but everyone knows who Bob Ross is. The next person I wanted to talk about, and I guess this story is probably told a lot more um, than the Bob Ross one, but J.K. Rowling didn't succeed or have any kind of success with her writing till she was 32. You know, the story goes that she struggled with depression and poverty and tried to recover after a bad divorce. She was looking for a way to provide for a child and through that really dark time in her life, she created Harry Potter and then she was 32 when she kick-started this career as a writer. Again, 32. Next person we have is the hilarious Steve Carell. You would think what was kind of comedic TV or comedic movies before Steve Carell. He's hilarious and such a superstar, but he never got his big break until he was 43. 
and that was when he landed his role on The Office. Even if he got a couple of movies before that that were a little bit smaller, he was still in his mid to late 30s, which to a lot of us seems really old. Sometimes you just have to work at something a lot longer than you anticipated and that's okay because the only way you can fail is by stopping. The next person I want to say is, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Oprah was in her 20s when she had a job as a news anchor. However, she was fired because she was too emotional about the stories that she was reporting on. Oprah's outstanding empathy eventually helped her create one of the most popular talk shows, The Oprah Winfrey Show, when she was 32. So this one is a little bit of a different story where it's you're in the right industry And you might not be too old, but it takes you a while to actually kick it off or your difference or the thing that people might see as your weakness ends up being your strength. The final one I want to say is kind of a funny story. It's Colonel Sanders, aka KFC Chicken. (laughs) Colonel Sanders, which is the man behind our famous fried chicken chain, had a hard time holding down a job. As a result, he had many different jobs. At some point, he was a fireman, a steam engine stoker, whatever that is, an insurance salesman. He even practiced law and was fired quite a few times. He eventually found his place and purpose when he began selling fried chicken on the side of the road. Colonel Sanders first franchised KFC when he was 62. 62. And that is on never being too old. All right, let's jump on to number two, money. As much as we wish it wasn't true, money is important. It allows us to worry less. It's alleviates a lot of struggle for us, but it is something that if you're not taught about how to be responsible with money from young, it can be a really difficult thing to begin to learn. Financial freedom really helps when you want to start or do something you've always wanted to. In saying that, starting now to figure out how you can be better with your money is so important. It's the start of building your escape plan. The first thing is you really need to break down, pick and choose what you want to spend and save your money on. What is important to you and is what you're trying to do going to require money, not only for the things that you need to do, but also what money will you need if you're giving up some work time to achieve doing this thing? What money are you going to need as a safety net? What money is going to have you not stressing and worrying all the time about how you're going to pay the next bill or something? What sacrifices do you need to make? For me, a huge sacrifice I make is living at home. I'm lucky enough to be able to live at home, but obviously it's not ideal. 
However, that was a sacrifice I made to be able to save money for my future, but also save money to go on a gap year, to be able to fund this stuff. In saying that, I would work four jobs at a time. I would do heaps of different things to ensure that I had money in my savings accounts for my future, which was something really important to me, but also so that I had money to spend on going away, to have enough money to sustain a year abroad. Even though I did have that, I still began to worry about money while I've been away and I managed to secure a job that would alleviate that stress so that I could focus more on the other things that were important for me. Financial stress is something that can really hold you back or take up a lot of mind space. So it's really important to take money, saving and budgeting seriously to an extent. I don't mean count every penny, but I mean really get clear on what you want to use money for and when is the right time for you to make a move. You know, there's there's never the right time to do something. You're always going to find an excuse, but if you have $1 in the bank, consider what you can do, you know, or make sure that you have the hustle that will be able to build you up to have that. Um, in saying that there is a lot of stories of people who had nothing and built everything. But yeah, it is just something that I think it's really important to consider. Number three, comparison is the devil. And it's true. I know we've heard it over and over again and we're over it, but it is, comparison can be crippling at times. And it's so important to prepare ourselves in a different way. A lot of advice is stop comparing yourself. And what I say is comparison is something that we can't ever fully stop, I don't think. But we can help ourselves to compare ourselves a little less. And a lot of that comes from who we're following online. Are we following accounts that help us inspire us, help us come up with better, more creative ideas, help us propel us in our careers, or are we following accounts that make us feel shit, you know? Are you listening or consuming media that is crippling you from continuing what you're doing? Are you talking to people that are making you feel like you should be doing more? The other part of comparison is that are you comparing yourself to people that don't have the same goals as you? Your friend just bought a house. You don't want to buy a house. You're not looking to buy a house in future. They're settling down. Are you comparing yourself to that person and that lifestyle and that goal that they have? Or are you comparing yourself to someone who has the same goals and career ambitions as you? It's super important to get clear on what you kind of want things to look like and to surround, not necessarily surround yourself with those people, but when you are having discussions about things when it comes to your future, to be talking to people who do share the same goals as you, because that advice is going to vary and you don't want advice for someone that doesn't look at things the same way you do. When I first started interviewing millennials 70% were career-focused and 30% were relationship-focused. 
if you're on either side of these statistics, you're probably not going to want to have advice from the person on the other side. If you're 32 and have been fully focused on your career and are about to have your big break, you don't want to have your friend that settled down with kids telling you that it's important for you to find a partner and you should be focusing more on that. If that's not your goal, that's okay. And vice versa on the other side. If your goal is to be a mother or a father or settle down, you know, and be in a strong relationship, then you shouldn't be taking advice from your career-driven friend. It makes no sense. It will only leave you feeling shit. And if you're anything like me or and a lot of other people in the world, it's going to paralyze you from progressing because you're so upset and you feel so behind. And if that happens, you might try and fix an area of your life that actually isn't a priority for you, at least not right now. Life is made up of heaps of different areas, work, friends, romance, experiences, health. We can't be good at them all, at least not at the same time. So we need to pick and choose. I heard someone talk about life going in seasons, and I think it's such a great way to think about things. So talk to people when you are looking for advice or wanting to seek advice that are in the same season as you. And that doesn't mean they're on the same level of the season. They might not be, you know, if you're both in your summer seasons, in your work seasons, they might be three tiers ahead of you, but you would rather get advice from someone three tiers ahead of you than someone in a completely different season than you. When it comes to comparison, surround yourself with people in your season. Make sure that you are looking and are inspired by people that are in the same season as you. And most importantly, only take advice from people that you admire uh, and are in the same season as you are. I know that while I've been away, I've never been comparing myself more than I ever have. And that's because the people that I'm looking at online, my friends and family, and you can't always unfollow them, obviously, but they're in different seasons of their life than I am right now. I'm now abroad. And although it seems like I'm living the best life, it's hard not to feel like you're going to be behind when you come back, when you see people progressing in their career or, you know, buying a house or other stages in life. So it's super important if you put yourself in the mindset that you're in a different season, it kind of alleviates that comparison. Not fully at all. Um, Trust me, I know that, but it helps a little bit. In the start of this season, I spoke about how I thought I was the only person feeling like this. And when I first started telling people I wanted to start a podcast, I realized that 90% of the people I would speak to related and from that would share their own stories and experiences. And I began to have deeper conversations with people about what all of this meant. It's what kind of pushed me to go forward and actually start having conversations. Talking or making things known to people can sometimes be a little push for you to go for it. 
when I went to Mexico at the start of the year, the people I met, I told them that I was quitting my job and becoming a digital nomad. Had I quit my job yet? No. Did I know I was going to quit? Yes. Did I have any idea of how I was going to become a digital nomad or what actually a digital nomad was? No. But here I am, eight months later, a digital nomad, working fully remotely, traveling the world and having quit that corporate job. As I mentioned in the beginning, regret is scarier than jumping off a cliff. Stop living the way you think you're expected to live and ask yourself, if you were on your deathbed, would you regret doing whatever it is you want to do? Will one month, one year or five years of trying something crazy really affect your life that much when you're looking at the grand scheme of things? After two years of trying to pursue something that I thought was insane, starting a podcast and a blog and putting my life out there a little bit more, after two years, the amount of friends and close family that had come up to me just before I left my trip and said that after seeing you do it, I now want to take this risk. Or after seeing you do this, I'm now going to go here and do this or, you know, take a chance on this. And it's not making the decision to do something that is the big thing. It's doing something that really has an impact on people. And when you start doing something different and people see that, people see the change in you, people see the change in your circumstances, that's when you really have a huge impact. Being you and doing you is a powerful thing and you can't preach any advice, you can't try and change people, you have to live it. So where am I now? I am currently about to go hiking in Patagonia, which is a hiking district in Argentina and Chile, something I have no business doing because I have not prepared myself at all for hiking. I bought some hiking boots while I was here. I'm also completely solo now. I am a solo female traveler in South America. People think I'm crazy, um, but yeah, I am learning and pushing my limits here for sure. I am also a digital nomad. I have a job working part-time in marketing, 20 hours a week with a fully remote team. So I am learning a lot about remote life. I'm learning a lot about remote working culture and it ensures that I have a little bit of structure in my day. So that is... Wow, this is the final episode of season 20. Um, I guess that's a little bit of an update on what's happening with me at the moment. Lessons I've learnt throughout season one and hopefully passing on some of that knowledge to you so you can start or continue achieving what it is you are setting out to do. 
Season two, what you can expect is more candid conversations with really, really cool people. A lot more practical advice. You know, that's something that I always want to ensure comes out of these episodes, not just a bit of motivation, but something you can actually use. Intriguing guests and some more info on remote life and different lifestyles that are out there that you can possibly live. Uh, There will be a few bonus episodes in there, but they won't be regular like this season. It's going to be a lot more conversations. So if you did like the bonus episodes, please just DM me on what you would like to hear specifically and I can create specific episodes for bonus ones um, if you want that. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot more conversations and interviews because they're the type of podcasts I love and I love creating. So you can expect season two soon. I'm not going to give a exact release date, but thank you so much for listening to season one of the podcast. Thank you so much for making it this far with me. As always, I'd love to chat with you. So DM me, email me, um, or join our Slack or Facebook group. I love having more people there for us to discuss different topics or for people to just share their own experiences and give advice for the rest of our millennial crisis community. So thank you so much and I will see you in season two.